Section 35 of The One-Eyed Griffin and Other Tales by Herbert Eskett Inman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The New Leaf Goblins Chapter 1 A Tale of New Year's Eve It was New Year's Eve and a fine cold night. The frost lay white and sparkling all around. It glistened on the hard roads gleamed upon the hedgerows, and covered the leafless branches of the trees with beauty. Old Jack Frost had been hard at work all day, drawing his beautiful pictures upon the window panes, pinching little ears and nipping little noses whenever he got the chance. And now, as the bright moon rose high in the sky, it shone on the jewelled coat the Frost King had spread all over the earth. It was a night to button up one's jacket and go for a sharp run, making the hard earth ring under the footfall. And so all the folk at Longmeadow Farm had gone to the watch-night service, at the dear little church buried away down in Rushbrook Hollow, that is, all but don't care Tom. Tom was Farmer Smith's son, and his folk called him Don't Care, because that was what he was always saying when his lazy ways got him into trouble. For Tom was lazy, if ever a boy was, and like most lazy people, would take a great deal of trouble to save himself a very little. Now, on this particular evening, Tom had made up his mind that to sit by the fire in the farm kitchen and read his new storybook was very much nicer than trudging off in the cold to the church. So when the time for starting came, he remembered that he was not very well. He had a cold, and a face ache, and I cannot say what else, and he moaned and grumbled so much that at last the rest went off, leaving him, just as he was determined they should, at home, by himself. I don't care, said he, as he heard the door close, it's ever so much jollier here. And drawing his father's great chair close to the fire, he was soon buried in his book, Storybooks are very nice, but I think it would have to be a wonderfully interesting book to prevent a boy getting lonesome when shut up in a big farmhouse by himself at eleven o'clock at night. Soon the story lost its interest, and he began fidgeting about. I don't care, he muttered. They'll soon be home. But he did care, for the place seemed so quiet, and the chairs and tables creaked and cracked in a dismal kind of way. Crash! Clang! Well, what was that? Tom gave a great jump as the bells rang out suddenly, filling the night air with their sweet song of welcome to the new year. Service is over, he said to himself. They'll be along in about an hour now. And he settled back in his chair again and sat staring at the ornaments upon the mantel shelf. Why, eh, dear me, that little china woodcutter was nodding his head at him. Don't care. Tom rubbed his eyes. He had dropped that china woodcutter a few days before and broken a great piece off his nose. And there he was now, blinking, frowning and nodding his head in an angry way, while the broken nose sparkled in the firelight like a little gleaming star. While Tom was thinking whether he had best run away or wait and see what would happen next, the woodcutter carefully set down his bundle of sticks, rested his axe upon it, and then, nodding more gravely than ever, said, Tom, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I don't care. It slipped out before Tom could stop the words. 
No, Tom, I know you don't care. That is just the reason you ought to care. Look at my nose. I don't... I mean I couldn't help dropping you, replied Tom. I am very sorry I broke your nose off. I hope it does not hurt you very much. Not hurt, cried the china woodcutter. It does hurt. Pray, how would you like to have your nose knocked off by a great clumsy lazy boy, eh? Look here, broken nose, Tom said, flushing. Don't you get calling me names, anyway. Tom, don't you call me names. That is Andy insult to injury. Well, I have said I am sorry. I can't do any more. I would stick your nose on again, only it smashed all into little bits. Well, well, replied the little man, smiling at the boy. We will say no more about it. But, Tom, you have broken me lots of times. Oh, what a crap, said Tom. Why, I never dropped you before. Boy, answered the china ornament sternly, don't be impudent. I say you have broken me many times, and so you have. I appear to be a china woodcutter, but I am not. I am a fairy. Honour bright? said Tom, a little more respectfully. Yes, I am a fairy, and my name is Good Resolutions. On every New Year's Eve, I come to the earth people, and they make me promises to do better. But dear me, they all seem to break them. It's a wonder I am not broken all to pieces. I'll just show you how you have treated me. Look. As he spoke, one of his hands fell off, then the other, then his feet, until at last all his body was lying about in little pieces, and only the head with the broken nose was left resting in the air, where the neck ought to have been. How do I look, Tom? it asked. Well, answered the boy, you certainly seem pretty well damaged. Yes, said the head, and that is the way you have treated me. Every time you broke your resolutions, you broke a little piece off me. Now what are you going to do? I don't understand, Tom said. Don't understand, repeated the head in an angry tone. I want to be mended again. Oh, said Tom, I'll run and get the cement. But it will take a long time to stick you together. Stop, the head called after him as he was running off. Come back. I don't want any cement. Just you say, I promise good resolutions to do better this year. I will turn over a new leaf. Tom repeated the words as he was bidden, and hey presto, there was the little woodcutter, standing and smiling, quite whole, except for the broken nose. That's better, Tom, he said, that's better. Now we had best go and get it at once. Get what? asked Tom. Why, the new leaf, to be sure. Oh, answered our hero, have you got to go far for it, because my people will be home soon. Not very far, Tom, replied the woodcutter. We shall be back before the farmer gets home. We must go to the new leaf goblins down in the hollow. But it does not take a fairy long to do that, and you shall come with me. Just take me in your hands. Carefully, Tom. Pray hold me carefully, for I don't want another fall. That's it. Now shut your eyes. So, one, two, three, here we are. Now Tom was very certain he had not moved, and yet when he opened his eyes, the farm kitchen had vanished, and he was standing in a long, wide room, the woodcutter beside him. This, said the woodcutter, is the home of the new leaf goblins. Tom saw that all around the room were shelves, upon which great numbers of books were placed, 
each of which had a name and date on it. Upon one shelf, he saw some with his own name. Don't care, Tom, 1893. Don't care, Tom, 1894. And quite a new one, bearing the date. Don't care, Tom, 1895. The place was crowded with numbers of little men, dressed in strange-looking clothes, all of whom seemed very busy. Some were dragging in more books and packing them away, some cutting clean white paper up into squares, and some, again, binding the squares together into larger sheets. They were so busy that they took no notice of Tom and his guide, until one, taller and older-looking than the rest, came up to where they stood. Goblin was dressed in a white jacket upon which a number of little watches were painted. He had little white hose, but these, instead of watches, had ink bottles and pens upon them. His shoes were long and pointed, and on his head he wore a tall sugarloaf hat, with a great quill pen stuck in the side in place of a feather. How now, good resolutions, cried he, whom have we here? This, said the woodcutter, is an old acquaintance of yours. It is Don't Care Tom. Ha! gravely said the goblin. I know him. Is he making any more resolutions only to break them again? Oh, oh, I know him. We all know him here. Do we not, brothers? He continued, looking round on the great crowd of goblins that came flocking up. Yes, 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 we know him, they shouted. And what does he want, eh? demanded the first goblin so sharply that Tom started back in dismay. Well, leafmaker, answered the woodcutter, he wants to turn over a new leaf. He can't do it. He shan't have one. He'll only spoil it. Turn him out, shouted all the goblins, stamping their feet and shaking their fists at Tom in their anger. Silence, cried their leader. He must have a new leaf if he wants it. Bring him one at once. Several goblins ran off and soon returned, bearing a book the same size as those Tom had seen on the shelves. And having stamped upon its back, Don't care, Tom, 1896. Here, said the goblin chief, is your new leaf. Behold and see it is quite clean. So saying, he gave the book a shake, and it instantly unfolded itself into one huge sheet of paper, ruled all over into tiny squares. Goodness, gasped Tom in dismay. Is that the new leaf? Can't you fold it up small again? Tom, said the goblin solemnly, it will fold up quite small when you have it, but I wish you to see it is quite clean before you begin to fill it. Oh, law, you don't mean to say I've got to fill all that, Tom cried. Yes, Tom, down to the last tiny square, and now just see what a mess you made of the last one I gave you. The goblin took the volume marked 1895 as he spoke and shook it out, but oh, what a page! every square so blotted, smeared and marked that it looked as though someone had painted it with a whitewash brush and a pail of ink. What have you got to say to that? demanded he, looking severely at Tom. I don't... It nearly came out, but good resolutions clapped his hand over Tom's mouth just in time. Be careful, Tom, cried he. If that had been said, the first square would have been blotted. I don't... That is... I mean... It would not have mattered very much, would it? It's only one tiny square. I'm afraid, Tom, said the goblin, that you don't quite understand how these pages are filled up. You had better see one made, and then you will know more about it. Leave makers to work. As? 
he spoke, sixty little dotty men came running up each, holding a little square of paper. Now, Tom, explained the goblin, these are the smallest of all goblins, and have the smallest squares of paper. They are called the seconds, and it takes a great army of them to make a new leaf. It is thirty-one million four hundred and forty-nine thousand and six hundred have been at work on your leaf. Now watch. Tom saw a goblin, rather larger, collect the sixty little squares and speedily fasten them together. Then sixty of these came up and stood in a row. These, said the goblin, are the next size. They are the minutes. Five hundred and twenty-four thousand one hundred and sixty have joined the second squares in your leaf. Now came another goblin, a little bigger still, and collecting the minutes, fastened them into still larger squares. Then twenty-four of these came up. These, again explained the goblin, are the hours, and eight thousand seven hundred and thirty-six have placed their squares on your leaf. The squares of these goblins were joined by another who was quite a respectable size. The days, said the goblin, and seven of them stepped forward. Three hundred and sixty-four have worked for you. I beg your pardon, said Tom, but I think you are wrong. Why? said the goblin. Because it takes three hundred and sixty-five days to make a year, he answered triumphantly. The goblin smiled. You are wrong, Tom, quite wrong. You are thinking of a solar year. Then you have to add five of the hours, forty-eight minutes and fifty-one and a half seconds and I cannot have my seconds cut in half, so we just make our new leaves to the lunar year, which has 364 days in it. Oh, I beg pardon, Tom said. Of course the seconds would not like to be cut in half. Quite so, Tom. But you have not seen enough. The weak goblins collect the days, the months, the weeks. And then it is my work to bind all the squares together, for I am the year goblin. Now see, your leaf folds up into the space of one of the second squares. And if you want the whole leaf clean and nice, all you need do is to be careful each little square is kept clean and written in carefully. See, you have already kept nearly 3,000 of them since you have been here, and soon an hour square will be filled with clean writing. You see, it is not so hard, after all, if one goes to work the right way. No, sir, said Tom, and was just going to take the book when good resolutions seized his arm. Quick, Tom, quick, he cried. The farmer is knocking. Bang, bang, bang. Where was he? What was it? The goblins, the hall, the books were gone, and Tom was in the great armchair, his storybook on the floor beside him, while on the mantel stood the little china woodcutter, his axe in his hand, bundle upon his back, and the firelight shining on his broken nose. Bang, bang. Yes, the farmer was knocking at the door and the sweet New Year's bells filling the air with music. Happy New Year, Tom, cried his father as he opened the door. Happy New Year, Father. Happy New Year, Mother. Happy New Year, everybody. Kept white and clean up to the last second square, Tom replied, and the bells ring out louder and louder, cheerily and hopefully. A happy New Year, white and clean to the last second square. End of section 35